0: Welcome, everyone. Uh, we're going to get started now. Um, I'm going to be moderating the session, so I'll um, briefly introduce the speakers. And then you will be invited to ask your questions. You can either submit them through swap card and I'll read them out to um, our speakers. Uh, you can also upvote questions. Or if you are feeling particularly spontaneous today, and just want to raise your hands and ask your questions live, just bear with us and we'll bring a mic over to you, um, or we'll just repeat the question recording for you. Um, so yeah, um, hope everybody's ready. So to give you a quick overview of our lovely speakers, um, we have Ivan Bodak, who is uh, events associate um, with the Center for Effective Altruism. Previously, he co-founded uh, co co-funded EA Auckland in New Zealand um, and received an infrastructure fund grant um, to do community building across New Zealand and Australia. Uh, he has a range of other experience across project management, entrepreneurship, community building, um, and also some operations. And um, he's probably best placed to answer questions about diverse experience informing uh, an op skill set. Um, we also have uh, Jonathan Michel, who is the office manager at Trident House, which uh, is where the Center for Effective Altruism, the Future of Humanity Institute, uh, the Global Priorities Institute, um, and many other EA organizations are based. Uh, Jonathan holds a BA in philosophy and economic, economics and was one of the co-organizers of um, the EA group in Beirut since 2016. He's interned at effectivespending.org and volunteered for the Good Food Institute um, he, and Proven as well. And he has also co-founded the Cellular Agriculture Society Germany and a local corona relief charity uh, in 2020 and 2021. Uh, he did Germany-wide community buildings, organizing c- community building, organizing retreats, uh, fellowships and talks. And finally, we have Caroline jean who works at the intersection between operations and policy research. Um, at Oxford, she researches models of international coordination um, to ensure the safety and reliability of AI systems. And prior to um, joining the Blavatnik School, she was the director of strategic research and partnerships at the Centre for Human Compatible AI. Um, focusing on building a research community around AI safety and relationships with key stakeholders, and before that, she was an AI policy researcher and project manager at the Future Society, a think tank. So, welcome to our speakers. If you'd like to join me on stage, let's go and take a seat. right. So, um, just to open with a bit of a warm-up question, would you like to? Um, tell me a bit about what is it that you actually do in in operations. Okay, so
1: sure. Um, yes. Yeah, so basically, also what I think what's interesting is maybe also what I did before and what I do now. So um, what brought me to do ops is um, that I was running a lot of student organizations. So like I always really liked being in a student organization. So when I was doing my master's degree studying international relations a student group and so that was great and even after that is uh running projects and stuff and then I joined a think tank and um a think tank that was very small so I worked I mostly worked in quite small ops team so I was always in charge of several projects across across the, the organization um and that that I think I naturally did ops without knowing that I was doing ops so um uh, that brought me to just doing more and more important projects for the small organization that I was in. And now I'm doing more research, but also doing all like just organizing organizing projects for me, the office with Jonathan and just really enjoying running projects. So I will keep that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, basically, Caroline is co running the office with me uh, without being paid for it. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I'm the office manager of Change House, which is an EA hub uh, here in Bi- uh, in, Ox- in Oxford. Um, I spend my day-slash-week split between, like, four main buckets. One is just, like, processing requests by people. Hey, I want an adapter, and I want a charger, um, and can we get more Earl Grady? Um, and identifying new spaces for potential EA hubs, both in Oxford and rest of the world, Um, thinking about new services we could add to our portfolio at Trajan, Um, and I also assist the HR team a bit with onboarding and other HR processes.
3: Um, So I guess, yeah, similar to Caroline, it's probably helpful for me to cover more of my backstory, um, which is I, and similarly I was kind of in a place where I was doing Ops without even knowing what Ops was. Um, in a way. So uh, probably one of the first things was when I uh, finished university I did chemical engineering and um, science. After that I was in like a role, engineering role with a startup and in a startup obviously you kind of wear many hats. One of those hats I was wearing was operations as well as logistics and project management uh, and got a, like stuck into operations there without actually knowing what operations was. Um, And similarly, when I was doing the community building stuff, a lot of that was kind of implementing systems and making sure things are uh, working well um, and effectively for the goals that we were trying to achieve. Um, But yeah, now uh, at the Center for Effective Altruism, I'm an events associate, so I work on kind of the ops side of the events team uh, yeah, as I like to think about it, and uh, that incorporates implementing systems, making sure that they work effectively, both for like the user, uh, people who are wanting to attend our events, as well as for us as staff um, who are looking through applications or um, managing people's records or that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah.
0: Great, thank you for that. Um, would you like to just give us a, a very quick kind of sense of? how you ended up kind of doing what you're doing. We got a little bit of a sense of your path, Caroline, which was wonderful and colorful. Um, it'd be great to just hear a tiny bit more about how you ended up where you are, if that's okay. Uh,
3: I, I could start, yeah. Um, so um, yeah, after uni, I was doing this engineering role uh, at the startup, then laid off um, because of COVID. And that was a great opportunity for me to be like, okay, cool, now I can pick up something in EA. Um, I was, like, too worried to leave my job, um, but this was an opportunity to pick something up. And I got an infrastructure fund grant for community building um, and applied for some roles with the events team for CEA. And um, while I was on the grant, I also did some full-time contracting for uh, EA Global London 21 last year and then was made an offer uh, and joined the team. So I've kind of been, like, steadily building... uh, the systems over time and, and trying to figure out what, what the best way to optimize it is. Um, and yeah, so, now I'm here. Um, yeah, I think I mean, it's a very
2: similar theme to the two of uh, you that I didn't really notice that I was doing ops uh, until someone told me that it's ops. Uh, so, like, founding organizations is very much like a lot of ops, uh, it feels like. A bit of strategy, but mostly ops. Um, at least the stuff that I did. Uh, And I think similar for like community building, organizing retreats, organizing fellowships, it's just like organizing a ton of stuff. Um, Yeah, so I think that is uh, how I stumbled into it. And then I applied for community building roles and operation roles like 15, 20 last year and happened to get this role. Uh, And it turns out that I really enjoy it. So I think it was like mostly luck actually that I ended up here.
0: Great. Thank you very much. Um, so we have a couple of questions from the audience from Swap Cards that I'm going to roll into one because they touch on the same things. Um, if anybody's got questions in the audience afterwards, feel free to raise your hands as wildly and boldly as you like to make sure I don't miss you. But just to kind of start with this, because I think that's something that uh, a lot of us would be quite interested to know, um, is there's obviously a sense that there are shortages, bottlenecks, pain points uh, when it comes to... Um, operations within EA. So I don't know if you could tell us if you have a little bit of a sense of what these kinds of shortages and um, kind of priority issues and bottlenecks might be
1: from your perspective? Yeah, so I thought I thought a bit about that um, and there was a question on the EA about what are the bottlenecks? So yes, the EA is great, by the way, and it's a great place to communicate and learn about this stuff. I would encourage you to go there. So um, I would say that um You have different levels of operation and sort of like seniority. So, um, if you start, let's say you start at the uh, out of uni level, so uh, you organize lots of projects in your in your group. I think that um, the thing you can very easily do is like intern at an organization and do some sort of like uh, things that people tell you to do. So, sort of like execute. Um, so you have, a, you have a project and the person tells you, so, um, for example, you're organizing an event, it can be just sort the people and uh, send them all this email or something like that. So like, execute very well. And then this is something that you can do quite quickly out of uni and in an internship. And this, in EA, we have, I would say, they have this bottleneck um, a bit, but like not crazy too much, I would say. Where we start getting the bottleneck is at the project manager level. So this is like a more, uh, advanced in the sense that you have more independence. So this is more like, the organization says, we need to, um, hire, we need to, um, hire a bunch of people. Um, and then you say, oh, great. I'm gonna set up like this process and this process and this process and I'm gonna be in charge of all these processes and I'm gonna report to my organization. So it's like, okay, you're now in charge of this project. Um, and this is, we need a lot of people like that. Like, really a lot of people like that. So just, I would really encourage you to try it out. Um, and then within this very particular project manager uh, space, you have executive assistance. And this is where, like, oh yeah, if I had to quantify the need from one to 10, where one is like, we just have, or like, zero to 10. Zero is like, we just have too many people like that. And 10 is, um, we just would pay, uh, as a bonus, just to hire this person. Like, we really want this person. We desperately need that person. Um, I would say that, like, project managers uh, who are, in particular, executive assistants, are like a nine. Like, I would think that people are ready to pay a lot. Uh, recently, uh, there was an uh, executive assistant hired for in EA org that was hired for $50,000 for three months. Like it's huge, like it's like really, I would say like executive assistant like really a big bottleneck because you need to be able to execute but also to think strategically at a very high level. So super in demand and it's a, it's a hard job. Okay, and then I will go faster, sorry, but like manager is also like very, very high. Um, maybe, you know, seven out of 10 and then COO is also like eight out of 10. Um, so really, we need these kind of people
2: really fast, right? I don't think I have a lot to add here because this was a very, very good answer. I think, like, one minor thing, um, I think it's a common theme in the organizations that you join in a junior ops role and are promoted really quickly uh, if you're really good. Um, So I do think, like, I don't think a thing that we should take away from this is if you're, like, just out of uni, um, you should not join ops uh, because it's less bottlenecked because I do think that, like, If you get an offer from an EA organization and it turns out you're really, really good, then you can very quickly become and grow into this project manager um, level of competence. So uh, I do think, like, in general, very much agree. I don't think the conclusion should be uh, don't do ops right after uni or something.
3: Yeah, um, not much to add, but on that point that Jonathan mentioned is how... um, This is kind of how I think of it as well. I don't know if you agree, but how like ops is a lot about the kind of person that you are and how you think um and so if you come straight out of uni um and you are really good at doing ops stuff then you can progress quickly because you don't need to spend five years to like gain ops experience to then transition to the next role or whatever like you might do in other industries um so just keep that in mind
0: Thank you very much. Um, so, we've got a few more questions. I, I'm going to take a question from the brave person in the audience who's volunteering uh, <laughs> to raise his hand. And we've got a few more questions on the swap card. So, I'm going to ask everybody to just kind of like go straight to the main points if you can. Some of it has already been covered in your previous answers as well. So, I'll let you use your judgment. Uh, I might just bring the mic over to you. It might just be
3: easier. Yeah.
2: Hi. Thank you. Uh, one small question to what you just mentioned What would be a good indicator for a person? Let's say you mentioned about early out of UNIV, right? That they would be able to do well in this kind of a role. Like, how do they assess themselves? So uh, what would be a good signal and early markers for these kind of things?
0: Thank you. Okay. Can we just repeat the question for the recording quickly? So uh, what would be the kinds of key markers that someone could use to assess whether they're a good fit for a particular role in operations? Is that a their summary? Is that about right?
2: Yeah. Uh, great question. Um, I do think, like, that a couple of things are basically the, like are you the person who organizes things in your social circle for example like you have a travel uh, like an upcoming trip do you do the travel logistics uh, slash do you feel comfortable doing them um, are you the house manager in your flat chair um, uh, stuff like that uh, are you I mean, like ATK has a wonderful term where like you find aesthetic preference in well working systems like if you see something that's not working well do you okay, ugh, I need to change this. And once you've changed it, it's feeling very satisfying. I think that's a very good marker. Um, Also, it's like stuff like doing community building. I think community building has a lot of overlap or like some parts of community building with operations. Um, Yeah, do you have systems to like organize your own emails, Um, things like that. And I think one important thing that I want to stress is like I think it's very easy to be very good at ops and don't notice it. Because, like, if you're good at ops, it seems very easy, uh, because you're good at it. Um, and it seems really banal, because most ops things are not, like, it's not doing research and, like, coming up with this new theorem in math or something. It seems like something that everyone could do. Um, so I think it's very easy to underestimate how good you actually are at ops. Um, yeah.
1: Um, and another quick point is that um, I think some another trait maybe that you're quite ambitious i mean like that's like a bonus trait like you're quite ambitious for your projects you're like oh maybe i should send this book uh, that my you know my manager wrote and maybe i should send it like to elon musk or i should send it to barack obama and like being quite ambitious about what you can do okay um thank you so uh being quite ambitious about what you can do i think uh it's at least a trait to cultivate, being very excited about doing big things. Great. Uh,
2: I'll...
0: So there's a second part to this question, which is how would you communicate that to someone else once you've uh, assessed that you're a good fit, potentially, for such a role?
3: I guess uh, it's just... Covering what experience you have that you think is relevant to it, um, and someone who's an ops will be able to note that, and also potentially just giving examples of systems you've built or things that you've done, um, uh, or yeah, processes that you've implemented that um, have improved efficiencies or or something. I think like in
2: like um, A very obvious thing like uh, thinking about. Uh, to hire someone, I think that like I ask is, what are like recent challenges in like founding projects or in the like things you do that you've overcome, and um, I think that is like very nice way of like oh okay this challenge this actually sounds really interesting, and the solution that they came up with was really interesting and stuff like that. Um,
0: yeah. Great, thank you very much. Um, I'm going to roll a couple more questions into one if that's all right. Um, so we have. Um one question that's asking um, to what extent in, in which situations value alignments would matter in these roles and when it would not. And I will also add another question, which is asking, when looking at the available roles or bottlenecks, um, PMs or PAs, how critical would you say pro-experience in EA is over working, uh, working experience in, in, other, in roles in other industries? Um, I, I don't know if you can try and roll these two into one. That'd be great. Um,
2: yeah. Um, so... I do think, so I think there are two things here. Uh, the first interpretation of the question is, do we want to hire uh, people who are like, completely outside of EA But um, do we want to hire people who are new to EA? And I think there are like two different answers. I think when it comes to the, like, do we want to hire people who are completely out of EA? Um, I do think there are like, a lot of things that can be done by people who are on EAs, very narrow accounting things or like legal advice. Like CA works with a lawyer's company because they're good at answering legal questions. But um, a lot of things that you do in ops, I think are very context-specific and you need to do a ton of judgment calls. And I think those are much, much easier when you're like, aligned and know what the like mission and the considerations are. Um, and the less it, like aware of the considerations the person is, the more you need micromanagement to Plus, uh, I think the more EA a person is, the more it's like a plug and play hire versus hiring and like getting them up to speed with what we actually care about.
1: Yeah. Um, to complement that, um, basically, I would also I would just add that if you have quite a strategic aspect to your uh, to your role in the sense of making broad decisions for a person or for an organization, it's very important to have EA alignment. So, for example, for an executive assistant. I just think it's crucial. Um, so I really tried to hire an executive assistant for a very impactful person for seven months. Um, and uh, I couldn't find, we, I tried different people who are you know, very good executive assistants, but just wouldn't prioritize things the same way an EA would do. So for example, if your executive um, needs to attend, like has a choice between different events, you sort of like need to, Need to prioritize according to impact, and so um, I think that. So, like, usually EAs have sort of like a good sense of that. Uh, it's not always the case. Like in the very short list, we we did have people who were not EAs, um, but at the end of the day, I think it's super important.
2: Maybe just one minor thing. I think they're like also very conflicting data points. For example, CA mostly only hires very committed EAs in terms has a lot of people on the ops team who are very, very new to EA. Um, and one probably wouldn't say that OpenPhil is uh, an organization which is not running well. So, um, yeah, I think maybe the answer is unclear.
0: Right. I'll move on to the next question, if that's all right. So we've got a couple of minutes to answer a couple of questions. Um, so the first question is, is there anything, I'm guessing there is wrong here after all, uh, anything uniquely satisfying or motivating about operations work? see the smiles on their faces as they, as they think about this question. This is for exhibit A. That clearly is something exciting.
3: Yeah, so um, we were actually having a discussion about this last night, um, and the kind of I guess one, one thing that you can consider that ops is, is it's an impact multiplier, so you're making systems or improving processes or putting things in place that help um, to multiply impact of other people um, or a general like group. And uh, yeah, we were discussing last night what we think our impact multipliers might be, um, and they were much larger than I expected. Um, and so it's great to know that the work that I'm doing is like not just worth one unit of my work, it's worth much more than one unit of my work. Um, so that's quite like a motivating factor. Um, and I guess because I'm on the events team as well, like organizing events, having people seeing people together and actually the systems working out and being in place, um, yeah, puts a big smile on my face.
2: I think there's a, like, the quantitative aspect of, like, more, like, you have a multiplier in the sense of an hour of my time frees up a couple of hours of other people's time maybe, um, but also a qualitative, like, my work makes other work possible. Um, like, if I wasn't there, then certain things that my organization does just wouldn't be possible, and I think that's really cool to see. Um, like to see events happening at Trajan House, which wouldn't have been possible without me setting certain systems in place. Um, stuff like that, I think it was really motivating.
1: Yeah, and like impact. You just see your impact uh, so well. So if you're organizing an event that goes super well, um, this is so satisfying. I think the best part of my professional life, and maybe my life, was when I organized the Chai workshop. So I organized a workshop on AI safety with um, 100 researchers and it went so well, it was amazing, in the sense that people went away saying, oh, we had these great discussions about AI safety, I found this collaborator, and this collaborator, and it's so satisfying. And you work in, an, in a great team, you like, now I meet the teammates in the, this conference, and we're like, oh my gosh, it was so great. And we were like, you set a like very strong bond in a team. So I would say it's great for like having impact, being energized by your great team. Um, yeah, very on fire about, about that. I suppose great. So
0: we're coming up on time, so I'm going to give you, if that's alright with everyone, I'm going to give you 30 seconds each to say if you have any last words on any next steps you'd like to see people take, and also if you have a couple of words uh, to answer someone who asked, what advice would you give to someone setting up a new EA Uni Group? If you've got a couple of words each on this to wrap up. Sorry to roll everything into one so quickly. But, um, to just try and A optimize. couple of words on setting
3: up an EA Uni Group. Um, uh, come talk to me um, or talk to one of the community building people at CEA. Um, definitely do it, give it a go. Uh, it's really great for building a very wide range of skills, especially if you're trying to do it yourself. Um, and yeah, I think it's really rewarding and motivating. Um, I'll let the others address the other stuff. Thanks.
2: Yeah, after you talk with other community builders, I think like I try to reinvent the wheel a lot, which is stupid. Don't do that. Um, next steps. Um, there's Holly Morgan somewhere. I'm not sure whether she's here. She just left. That's unfortunate. She sets up a service which connects executive assistants to people who actually do it. And So if you're interested in that, go chat with her. Um, I think she's going to be in the careers fair, isn't she? Maybe. That might very well be.
0: Yeah, so go see her in the careers fair then. <laughs>
2: um, yes, CEA is currently hiring ops people, and I will be hiring a couple of ops roles this year. So if you're interested in ops please approach me, um, and maybe do ATK, uh, like eighty thousand hours career, cons- I think that's also a great thing.
1: Okay, uh, be advised by ADK, and maybe make a sort of a plan of where you would like, you would like to, to be, because you can actually be quite ambitious with ops and stuff, you can be like, oh, in five years I want to manage like, a very large project or this kind of stuff, so be quite you know, positive and ambitious about what you can do and try to you know, uh, try it out. I would say try it out for at least a few months. Great, thank you so much. So one last word,
0: and then we'll really wrap
1: up.
3: Just one last word, um, and we're, we're um, consider that you can. And thanks everybody for.